0: Welcome, everyone, to the Guns, Gear, and Beer podcast. I'm your host, Derek Campbell. I am joined tonight by one of the coolest and most connected guys in the firearms industry, Adam Peeney. How are you doing tonight? Hey man, what's going on? Awesome, so uh, for those who don't know a little bit about uh, what you do in the industry, go ahead and tell us about how you've gotten involved.
1: Um. So currently, I where I've landed, uh, my long, long journey, uh, almost a decade now in the industry, um, I kind of got to finally where I wanted, you know, where I can call home and that's with Knight's Armament. I'm the commercial sales manager for them. Uh, what that means in a nutshell is i handle all the the business the program planning um product planning uh and this is all in conjunction with Trey night for the commercial market so our our standard end users guys that are not currently active um, not le departments just use it go into gun shops and buy guns that way Uh, it's, it's a great job uh it's one of the places it's the first time in a long time that, you know, I go in every day and I'm happy and it's exciting. And the the coolest thing is that my days seem like they're only about 15 or 20 minutes long because you get so taken away by everything that's there. You look up and it's like, oh man, it's lunchtime. Then you look up and it's like, oh, it's time to go. And you don't leave until like six or seven at night, but there's always stuff going on. There's always customers that need help. Um, And I get to work with the, the best team in the industry as far as the people I work with, uh, the employees that I have, uh, when I get to work with the best products in the industry, uh, be it from sound suppressors, to accessories, to firearms, I mean, there's really no better place to be uh, in the firearms industry than than the Knights
0: That That is awesome. I mean, my dad always said, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life.
1: It's a very true statement. you know, I, I'm absolutely blessed in the fact that I get to do what I do every day. And there's some people out there that aren't the biggest fans of me. And it is what it is. But there's a lot of support that I that I get from friends. And I, I really wouldn't be where I am without the, the good people that are in this industry.
0: There are a lot of good people in this industry as well. Um, Certainly far outweigh the occasional turd you run across.
1: Ah man, but even that, like, I look like if you're upsetting somebody enough to where they've got to take time out of their day to make an Instagram post or a, a blog post or something on a forum, like, you're doing something at that point. Like, you're doing good work to the point where there's guys out there that are willing to spend their hard earned time, you know, disparaging you.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed by the guys who take enough time out of their lives to create entire, um, Instagram accounts dedicated to trashing people.
1: Dude, I love it. Like, it's the funniest thing. If you look at any of the ones that come up, and generally, somehow my face gets brought upon it. And I just I comment and laugh and like I engage with them because, you know, at the end of the day, what they're doing doesn't affect my life. And if that's what makes them happy, then rock on, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's that's their own thing. But you know, hey, if that's what they choose to do, rock on, keep doing it. Do it to the best of your abilities.
0: That is an excellent attitude to have. How long have you been involved in the industry?
1: Uh, so coming up on ten years. I just turned thirty. Um, I started when I was twenty-one. Um, before that, I wasn't. I didn't come from a gun family. Like, uh, I played a lot of paintball. uh, traveled around the world for that with jobs. Um, Got out of that, got into the automotive industry, and when I turned 18, it happened to be the same year that uh, GW was given uh, that that big re like they were giving you a check to go stimulate the economy. And the first thing yeah. I did was I went and bought a Stag Model One. I was like, I got me money, I'm buying an AR.
0: <laughs> so Excellent.
1: I went down to uh, I'm originally from Delaware, which is a, really odd because there's not many people from Delaware in the industry. Uh, but the biggest shop in the state of Delaware is a place called Miller's Gun Center. They've been around for 55 years. Um, they're a, primarily a sporting clay shotgun shop. That, uh, with guy named Larry Hudson, is uh, he's really brought that shop, at least in the last 15 years, into the more modern handguns and rifles and stuff. So, I went there. You know, he helped me buy buy a gun, and I just became you know that two-bit gun shop punk that. That hung out, and asked questions, and you know, just generally annoyed the staff. And uh, I turned 21 and bought a handgun. Uh, I came in with my mindset on a Glock 19, and John Miller at the time owned it. Uh, he convinced me in those 17, which I think was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And uh, I kept asking, I was like, "Hey, man, is there anything I can do? I, you know, I just want to, I want to hang out. And I, you know, I, really, I just wanted to get deals up so I could start shooting cheap." Um, and he's like, <laughs> we have one spot it's not glorious but it's you know it's a job i was like i'll take whatever it is and it was stocking shells and cleaning the shitter so i uh i did that for a while um one day they were short on sales staff so they threw me into the mix and realized i could sell guns uh i did that and then for a couple years and i decided just looking at it i was like you know this is the career i want i want to be in the firearms industry everything I love, it's right in line with my beliefs and you know, it's what I wanna do. So at the time, uh, LWRC was the closest major manufacturer to me and they make great, great piston guns from then even to today, I was still friends with those guys. Mm-hmm. And I would start putting my resume in every three months, like clockwork, the first on every three months. And then one day I had, a, I checked an old email account I didn't realize I was sending them from. And there was a uh, an email back from a guy named Rich Phoenix, who was the sales manager at the time for LWRC, and he's like, dude, I've got a stack of your resumes. I guess you want a job. <laughs> and we did a phone interview. I came down, did a whole tour of the place, and you know, my first forte and, and real big boy job was at LWRC. And I was a, a account manager for them for three years. Learned a lot about the industry, and it was about that time when Sandy Hook hit. So, you know, that it was absolutely going insane. We couldn't make guns fast enough at the end of that time. I think the yeah. last year I was there was when Sandy Hook was there. So, I mean, we were turning and burning guns as fast as we could, trying to keep everybody happy. And it was really like you were forging in fire on how how to work with customers on that level. Um, Fast forward after that, um, I had the opportunity to work with American Defense Manufacturing, um, which was a really good experience. I uh, I got to see another side of the industry that wasn't guns. Um, They brought me in to help bring their UIC platform from paper concept to uh, a sellable product. Um, The the Green Brothers from Griffin Armament were heavily involved at that time and uh, super smart guys. They helped design that, well, they did design that gun from the ground up, and it was a great product, something I'm very proud to have been involved with, proud with, for the people that i worked with. Uh, I got one product on an NSN, um, did a lot of traveling and marketing for them, uh, trying to build their dealer network. And then I got a uh, a phone call and a job offer from Sport and it was for a stout amount of money, the most that I've ever made in- in my life, and I, you know, I made the decision, and it was a lesson that I ended up learning <laughs> yeah, down the road. Um, I went to WarSport. We did good work there. Uh, WarSport was really hot during the time I was there, and then management changes came, and I was there about a year and a half, uh, and then a week, before, two weeks before Christmas, um, after management and ownership had changed, uh, they, you know, I was the largest paycheck there. I was bringing in the most amount of money to the company that was the largest cost. And, uh, you know, they let me go. They, they laid me off, gave me a good severance package. Two before left- Christmas. Yeah. Two weeks before Christmas, um, cause kind of shitty time I under, I understood why they did. Um, there was a lesson that I learned and I take away to this day. Um, I took, I believe more than what I was worth. You know, I took a huge sum of money and was all gung ho about it. And I was super greedy. And I take it away now that you know you, you live on the salary that you know is comfortable and you've got to know your value and worth and you get that, but you don't go over it because the second you get a large salary and times get tough, you painted a target on your back. So yeah. that happened, uh, it was a bummer. I really enjoyed work with us like Will Harris, Chris Davis, all the guys that um, like Will ended up going to Black Hills Ammunition is doing great work there, uh, and most of the other guys ended up going to Hudson Manufacturing, and they're developing the H9 pistol, which is a super dope handgun.
0: Yes, that was uh, that was one of the few really big head turners at Shot Show this year.
1: Yeah, you got um, Elijah. You have uh, Nick. You, know, you have all the guys there. Chris Davis went there, and just they're a good crew of guys. They were great to work with when we were all together in the. Robbins, North Carolina. Um, but after after that, I was kind of in a panic because it was a, you know, nobody likes to be out of a job and I don't like to be out of work because, you know, I very much define who I am by the work that I do. Um, and I had called Michael Gerlich at Raven Concealment because me and Michael have been friends for years. Um, he was the first, you know, person to ever like kind of flow me, you know, free stuff and has always taken care of me and they make the best. You know, the best pancake style Kydex holsters in the game. Yeah, you know, they were the first to do it. So, still, still in my opinion, the best to add it. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm not asking you for a job, Mike, but if you know anybody who's looking for a sales dude, you know, I'm super hungry, I'll go anywhere. And Michael's was like, all right, let me make some calls. I'll call you back. And I'd call, you know, I made that call after my i called my ex fiance so i was a little bit emotional at the time but it is what it is uh and then michael called me back the next day and this was on a friday and he's like i need you in cleveland tomorrow and me kind of being a nomad and enjoying travel and you know long car rides don't bother me i hopped in my i loaded my car that night and made the 12-hour trek from Robinson, North carolina to cleveland ohio and had spent the weekend with Scott Wilson and Michael Gerlich and John Chapman, people that I have respected and looked up to my entire professional life. And they're like, we wanted to hire you, but we didn't want to poach you from, you know, from more sport because it's not the, it's not the right thing to do. And I'm like, man, you know, I will, I know you guys, I want to work here, you know, I'll take whatever you give me. This is you know." i got i got to be working and you know working with friends and working with a product i believe in has kind of been my mantra uh in the industry so yeah i started working there and was spending every other week in cleveland and every other week back down at home in robbins until may april of last year and then i made the move up to raven Uh, we did a lot of great work there Uh, expanded the dealer network Learned a lot from Michael, a lot from from Michael specifically, on being a true salesman. Um, I'm very much a relationship-based person. Uh, If you if you look at where I've moved, generally, I have friends because I don't call them customers and I don't call them accounts. I become friends with the people I do business with, and they you know they'll move with me, and I've always been able to fall back on that as kind of a crutch. And Michael showed me true salesmanship techniques. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Uh, Scott taught me a lot, you know, to improve my relationship, of building abilities, and hit, taking away the knowledge that he's gained in this industry after twenty-some years. And we did, you know, we, we did a lot of cool product launches. We made a lot of great stuff. Um, but my heart, you know, has always been in guns. It's, uh, it's what I know. It's what I enjoy in the commercial markets where, you know, where I, I've made my name. Um, you know I'm I'm a thirty year old fat dude. you know I'm not super high speed. Uh, if I walk into you know a room full of middle dudes, I can talk to him, but they're not gonna gravitate to me just because I'm not that you know physical presence. Um, and Trey Knight and I have been friends for a while and this the spot that I'm in now has been vacant for two years and he's like, Dude, you know, if you want to get back into the gun game, this is your opportunity. Yeah, you know, I, I I talked to the guys at Raven the whole time during we the hiring process and you know, they knew this is where my heart was at and where I was meant to be. And you can't pass up a job offer from Knights Army. Yeah. It, it's you know, it's a Titan that's been around for 35 plus years that has made guns that have, you know, done work for this country
0: and mm-hmm. saved lives and helped shape the very industry that we work in.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, their product innovation, uh, the reliability that their guns bring to market, the feature set that their guns bring to market, and the fact that they're not a single uh, flow entity. You know, they have guns, we have suppressors, we have the accessories, so there's something out there for everybody. And yeah, that's kinda, that's where I've been. I started here in March, and it's so funny because it's it's working here is very much a family environment, uh, and I'm you know accepted in, and it's like I've been working here for three years, for three five years. Everybody is just absolutely great. Everybody is superb at what they do. You know, Jack Luba is the man when it comes to military contracts, and shooting and knowing guns in and out, and me and him are like two peas in a pod. You know, we we work off each other and like he knows my strengths and weaknesses. I know his and uh, Melissa Wilhelm who runs our contracts. Like I'm just very, very lucky to work with these great people and I love them and they love me and life is extremely good.
0: That's awesome. Well, And it reflects generally, at least in my experiences uh, companies that have a good, corporate climate, generally that can very easily reflect directly onto every, pretty much every other aspect of, uh, of the product. I've worked with companies in the past that had a very, ah, very dysfunctional climate within the company. And it was pretty easy to see that from the outside and see how it, uh, directly reflected on, uh, interacting with customers, sales, uh. Customer support. That's awesome to hear. They're very, very family based.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll be the, I'll be the first one to acknowledge this publicly. You know, every every company, I don't care who they are, what they do, has some kind of problem, some kind of flow issue, um, personality, something. There's no such thing as a perfect work environment. I don't care if you, if it's the gun industry, the copier industry, the automotive industry. Everybody's got something, and you know, it's being able to mesh and blend with the system that they have and be able to bring your expertise and what you can do uh, well to their system and make them better because nobody will ever be perfect, but you can always strive for excellence.
0: Yep. And you said the company's been around for thirty years. Uh, What were what was Knight's Armaments? Some some what was some of their first products that they brought Uh, onto market?
1: They've been around for thirty five years. Mr. Knight is, uh, I mean, he's he's a genius. He might hands down be the smartest person I've ever interacted with. Um, You know, he. It's crazy to think of how special and unique he is, but he'd still be the first one to dive into a you know, a CNC machine if it's broken to see how to fix it or how it works, you know, so it's not uncommon to be working through, a, you know, walking through a cell and he'd be, you know, elbow deep in grease in a machine. I mean, and that kind of leadership is very hard to find. But, yeah, you know, they're known for, obviously, all the work that they did with Eugene Stoner. Um, if you ever get a chance and come down here to Titusville, our museum is uh, is really a modern, you know, it's, It shows you everything from Vietnam up and how Eugene Stoner really made the gun culture in the United States what it is when it comes to modern sporting rifles. Um, So you've got uh, all the M16 stuff, uh, which Colt was there, but you know that was all Eugene Stoner, and he came Mm -hmm. here to really perfect the platform. So you've got the SR series of rifles, the 15s, um, the 7.62 guns being the 25s. you know, it, it, the products such as the, the M4 RAZ rail, which has been on every military gun since the early days of GWAT.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Um, are, you know, the the sights that are issued on every rifle throughout SOCOM, Big Army. Um, you know, the, the M4, the M5 RAZ, the sights, uh, the M110 program, uh, which, depending on who you talk to, might be the last, like, real successful acquisition of a right or of a firearm in the military. You know, it wasn't contested, there was no lawsuits. You know, it won, it went to market. Now anytime you see like uh like the MHS program is great, the new uh the new SIG program. Yep. Um you know, how long did that take from the time they're like SIG's the winner? And then it was lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. Instant
0: lawsuit, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it wasn't like that. You know, the M one ten won. And the M110 has done a lot of great things for this country. You know, mm-hmm. it, it basically supplanted the M24. Um, it still ran in every branch of the military. And if you want to go even before that, the gun that really, really broke the mold into Knight's uh, Armour being in the military was the Mark 11 program. It was the first time you had a semi-auto, accurized you know, 7.62 gun that could do work. On the level of both guns,
0: and when was that?
1: Mm, I don't quite know that timeline, uh, but that was it was before g So we'll say mid late nineties. Yeah. Okay. What's really funny is the first night's gun I ever got to shoot <laughs> wasn't was a Mark Eleven. Um, <laughs> At ADM, they have a full Mark 11 deployment kit, and how you know their full deployment kit is the uh, the suppressor serial number matches the serial number of the rifle. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. I was like, man, this thing's super cool. I'm going to go shoot it and <laughs> took it out, went with the Griffin dudes, went and shot it out at their training facility, and I was I was so excited to be able to just like pound round standing off a tripod at 300 yards on steel and just have a good time. And I was like, man, this thing's super cool. And i never thought about it again until now when i'm like that rifle is so extremely rare the front sight on that rifle is so extremely rare like and the historical value that that gun has brought to the u.s military is so extremely rare.
0: yeah it's it's crazy and i think it's funny you mentioned just the cost of the front sight because i've seen I've just recently kind of gotten into the uh, military rifle cloning game, oh, and man.
1: it's a that's a that's a bad area to be in. It is, <laughs>
0: it is, it is, and it's, uh, it's a hobby that a lot of people in it have a lot of money. So therefore, the uh, more rare items uh, reflect that accordingly, and just it's amazing. Like this affront site that's hard to come by, I'll be eight hundred to a thousand dollars.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, that's one cool thing about nice customers is, you know, once they, once you make the initial purchase, yeah, you're in it, you're, you're hooked harder than heroin. Yep. You know, our customers are, I will say it, the best in the world and in this industry, because um, generally they'll buy one gun, you know, they'll buy like an SR 15, then they'll buy a short SR 15, then they'll buy an SR 25. And then, you know, they start figuring out the lineage, and what makes these guns special and it almost becomes like a cult and you know it becomes a big family and people love everything about it and it's it's something you don't find anyplace else
0: yes it's a it's a subculture within our subculture
1: no so, yeah i wouldn't trade a man. i like my favorite parts of the day is like when customers call and they have a really like weird question or they just want to talk about night stuff like <laughs> it's such a cool Part of my job to be able to talk to guys like when you get phone calls from guys that are no longer active, and they're like, you know, I want to find out if there's a way to buy an M110. And they talk to them about, you know, their M110 that they had in the military and the other things that they've done. And it's just, it's, I don't know if you find that anyplace else.
0: Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because your, uh, your products have that special meaning to a lot of people when it, it kept on chugging through some very, very difficult times. Yeah,
1: and you know, it's not to you know downplay anything else in the market because there's great companies in this market that make excellent products. You know, it's just we're really good at what we do.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and there aren't that many companies out there that have as much involvement uh, with the military over the last few decades as Knights Armament.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking Ronnie, Bar- you know, Barrett, Beretta cult, Fn, Knights, you know, those those are kind of the big players that have been involved in every aspect of this war on a major or in this previous war and what we bring to our war fighters.
0: Mm-hmm. Well that's awesome, man. So how much I ask this question a lot, however, it's always it's always interesting to hear various people's uh perspectives on it especially since you've been in uh, before Sandy Hook, which is when the industry changed a lot. But how much would you say the industry has changed since when you first got into it uh, to now, during the Trump administration, when people aren't merely as afraid of losing their guns?
1: Uh, dude, it's, it's really interesting waters right now. Like this, where we are now, you have to go back to like the Clinton era, like that far back, because... Look at the timeline you have when GW took office, the the AWB sunsetted. So you had a massive mm-hmm. influx in sales of modern sporting rifles because they were no longer illegal. So we've got that. That's a huge spike in sales uh, looking at historical data. Next thing up in the pipeline, you've got uh, Sandy Hook, which was a tragedy. But it incited a panic buy that lasted, what, two years? And Mm -hmm. then you had a huge dip off and people were like, you know, guns aren't going to be this, you know, just and then you come around to the next election cycle for Obama too and then it's spike right back up again. The talks of, you know, assault weapon bans, magazine capacity bans, all this stuff that then threw the market back into a tizzy. So now we're at the point where with Trump winning was an absolute blessing. Mm -hmm. If you would have, you know, Everybody, and I mean everybody, you talk to, firmly believed that Hillary was going to win. I mean, the way the the way the news read it, you know, this was it. And the end of last year, you started seeing huge spikes in sales for everything: firearms, ammunition, accessories, the whole nine. Now, Trump wins. Our rights are, you know, the safest that they've ever been in over a decade. You know, back to like. 98, like, like mm-hmm. it, it, they're safe. They're good. Now the buying's not there. Like now's the time where it's a buyer's market. It's not a seller's market. So if you want to build a collection and you want to build something you can be proud of the past time of your kids, the times now. So where Knights falls in with that is, you know, we're not super affected by this downturn because historically Knights products have been so hard to acquire because of government contracts, Um, The fact that they never really had a big commercial presence uh, has actually worked in the favor to where we're doing extremely well this year uh, when everybody else is going down. Like you've got companies offering to pay distributors to sell below their cost and then the company will refund the distributor. You've got uh, guys trying to do like if you sell X amount of guns, we'll give you a free gun. (laughs) They're trying to figure out all these ways to move product. And I'm just sitting here like, you know, I'm going to maintain our dealer base. I'm going to keep them happy, and I'm going to continue to build cool shit and make sure our customers are happy and listening to them. You know, that's where I think, as an industry, we've we've kind of veered off. You know, we stopped listening to what our customers want, you know, back at Sandy Hook. You know, yeah. it was, we're going to build this, you're going to take it, and you're going to pay the price that we want for it. Where now everybody's just like you know, let's race to the bottom. We'll see how cheap we can sell it. Let's throw margin out the window. We're going to trade it with volume. <laughs> if you know anything about business, you can never trade Yeah. You, know, you can't sell enough to make up for margin. You just can't. Yep. You know, your your cost per product increase, uh, Cogs or just cost of goods sold is always going to stay constant, vice any kind of change in, uh, like materials cost. So. Everybody's trying to like pump volume right now to try to make up for lost revenues when, you know, we're here, we're still doing our same thing. You know, we're selling at good margins that our viewers love, our distributors are happy. We're maintaining daily contact and good relationship building with everybody. Uh, we're getting into, you know, bringing me, me here was nice saying that we care about the commercial market. Cause that's all I focus on. I don't worry about anything else other than customers like you and me. That's all I worry about. And we can do that. We're having a lot of fun. We're removing everything that we make. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a really, really cool time. And it sucks to see friends that are, you know, hurting and that, they're, you know, the companies are, while still maintaining profitability, they're not at the levels that they think they should be. And some being down 20 or 30%. Like it's, it's a really weird time in this marketplace, and I think it'll bounce back, you know, I want to say probably, I was being a little advantageous earlier this year, and was like, you know, Q3, Q4, you're going to see buying come back to a normal level. I maybe think, you know, beginning of q like tax season of next year is about where you're going to see it. You're going to see a good bump with the holidays coming up in the fall and winter, people getting back into hunting, kids going back to school, all that jazz, because historically, the summer months for the gun industry has been terrible yep so it uh it's an interesting time um i hope everybody's enjoying the ride and you know, you're going to learn a lot for uh, for these couple months of just getting beaten in
0: yep it, it's going to be interesting which i'm curious about what is uh knights Armaments' biggest sellers on the civilian market
1: um ooh. so the sr15 historically has always been the go-to for 556 is what we've offered um our four you know the two or three years ago, they did the mod two changes, um, so that that increased you know the new ball, the gas system, rail system, all that stuff. So the SR fifteen is probably our strongest, uh, mainly price point, and it's just it's the most known. That's also the easiest you know break that price threshold. Yeah, uh, uppers are are moving at a pace that is astonishing. Uh, 14 and a half inch gun or 14 and a half inch uppers 11 and a half inch uppers uh, and then our 760. so it's hard to pick one our accessories do extremely well they're their own you know product category uh, tote front sights, black and sides.
0: I'm still hunting around for a taupe front sight.
1: <laughs> well they're coming out I mean they're out now we just I just did a big commercial shipment as of you know June 29th at 838 p.m. Uh, they're in dealers like Operation Parts, uh, Weapon Outfitters, uh, any of our dealers. Which you can go on our website to our dealer locator and find somebody that's close to you or somebody that's willing to ship to you. Gun Gallery, you know, all the guys that we focus on making sure and maintaining their their in stock products. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah you can find them. They're out there right now. We just did a big shipment, uh, and then right now we're going to go back on on mill production.
0: Nice, nice. Before we be, uh, begin wrapping up this episode, uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: Uh, anybody can email me at work. Uh, it's apeny at nightarmco.com. So alpha papa india november india at nightarmco.com. Um, my Facebook's private. That's only for friends, unfortunately. Uh, but you can find me on my Instagram. I put up uh, pictures of a lot of cool stuff that we do. A lot. I of do cool work stuff. and a lot of guns, night vision stuff is kind of my new drug of choice. Uh, that's just Adam underscore PINI.
0: Awesome, awesome man. Well, thank you for coming on today. It was really interesting getting to talk to you about your personal history and the history of knight's armament.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate the time and the uh, the opportunity to do this. You're doing great work with these podcasts and. I'm, like I said, super, super stoked to be here and the
0: ability to do this. Awesome. We're we're having fun along the way. It's been a learning experience going from how to upload to iTunes to here, but it's been fun.
1: Yeah. So here's a question. What made you want to do this?
0: I'm going I'm um, gonna, gonna to flip the I, table I'm oh, oh, snap. I wanted to do this because I enjoy talking and hanging out with industry people because, uh, you know, I work from home. Uh, really, uh, SHOT shows the one time a year. Where I get to spend the whole week like in talking to people that I know and it's it's just industry. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple months after that that I was talking with um David from Danger Close Armament. And we're like, you Which know. He does good work. Does oh work. excellent, excellent, crazy. He still won't tell me how he does the borders on a stippling. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, uh, I just uh I really wanted to uh to connect and uh, hang out with other industry guys year round and at the time i was just getting into some other popular podcasts in the industry and i thought yeah i could do this it'd be a fun way to both hang out and uh do a little bit of a uh, marketing and spread the good word on various platforms outside of just uh, instagram which is where i mostly hang out
1: yeah man good old instagram all right next question two-parter
0: oh
1: who's uh who's been the most interesting person you've interviewed and who would you absolutely like the chance to interview?
0: Um, uh, the, the first one's interesting. Pretty much everyone I interview is really boring. <laughs> <laughs> what a
1: dick move. But I'll <laughs>
0: <like it. laughs> uh, gosh, I really don't know. I I've gotten, I've gotten to talk to some really cool people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I listened to the one you did on M tech. That was pretty rad. Yes. Uh, anything with Adam from Spiritus is always good. He's a, He's a super solid dude that makes really, really cool shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, really cool stuff, and he's always working on working on something new.
1: All right, so who would you most, who would you like to interview? Who, like, if it was you could go to Shot Show tomorrow and be like, "You, let's do this." Who's that? Who's that person?
0: Um, someone I'd really like to have on sometime uh, is uh, Jim Irwin. I've known him for a couple of years. And he's just, he's both just a really fun guy to hang out with. Uh, and one of those guys that they're both very funny, but you know that they could end you in a heartbeat if they wanted to. And he's just had a really, really interesting career, both in the industry and uh, in the military.
1: Now, when you interview him, are you going to wear tech?
0: Uh Yes.
1: But I feel like that's going to be on his rider.
0: <laughs> it's... <laughs> uh, my. Uh... Well,
1: yeah, man, I I appreciate the time. Um, I look forward to doing this again if you'll have me. But, yeah, I I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you. And before we uh, peace out, uh, for those listening, be sure to check out Moguns.com, dot com where you can check out all kinds of ridiculous patriotic apparel and the Guns, Gear, and Beard t-shirts. So if you like the logo that we have with the cool skull with the night vision, we have shirts of those as well as free iPhone wallpapers and stickers are coming as well. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: This episode of Guns, Gear, and Beer is sponsored by SouthpawTactical.com. Use code MO for a discount and to support this podcast.